Highly respected researchers say they discovered a flaw in an algorithm for public key cryptography known as RSA that generates the very large prime number needed for one of the keys. The researchers suggest that flaw, if exploited by hackers, could threaten websites that rely on RSA public key cryptography for online transactions. Meanwhile, the chief technologist at security provider RSA says the problem isn't with the algorithm itself, but how organizations employ RSA public key cryptography. Many IT security professionals remain befuddled by these reports. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group. And to get a clear understanding of what the research means to those charged with securing their organization's IT assets, I'm pleased to be joined by Gene Spafford. As many of you know, Dr. Spafford is a professor of computer science at Purdue University and executive Director of the Purdue Center for Education and Research in Information Assurance and Security. Welcome, Spaff. Glad you could join us. Thank you, Eric. Glad to be here. Please take a few moments to summarize what you see as the problem the researchers raise in the paper entitled Ron Was Wrong, Wit Was Right, and the response by RSA Chief Technologist Sam Curry to the paper. So what the researcher has found is that by collecting a very large number of existing public keys, and doing some analysis, they were able to find common factors that were used in generating those keys. And this is a weakness that can be exploited because if one can find those factors, it is possible to find the private keys associated with them. The conclusion that they make in the paper is that this is a fundamental weakness in using the RSA algorithm. But in reality, what it demonstrates is that there are weaknesses if the random number generation mechanism that's used to generate the keys isn't really truly random. It's not so much a flaw with RSA as it is with the implementation that's been used to generate many of the keys. So that sort of supports what Chief Technologist Sam Curry said? That's more of a process than it is actually the number generation itself? Yeah, I would say that that's a reasonably accurate characterization. Okay, so I'm a CSO at a bank or a hospital or a government agency and our organization uses the RSA public key cryptography. What should I do? The follow-up that I've seen posted online and related to the paper indicates that the keys where they found difficulties were in self-signed, locally generated SSL keys or encryption keys, not the kind of keys that would likely be used at a financial institution. So what appears to be the case is that some organizations generated their own SSL public-private key sets using software that had poor random number generators, may have repeatedly started from a small set of seed values, and as a result, occasionally, would regenerate the same set of large prime numbers. These keys, being somewhat of a problem, of course, are not likely used in major commercial transactions. Those keys tend to be generated using a much better random number generation system, possibly even hardware generation, and didn't appear to be among the sets of keys that were found to be vulnerable. What would be some of the situations an organization would use these keys that the researchers pointed out could have a flaw? This might be at an educational institution or somebody's home where they set up a web server with an SSL certificate using uh, RSA. It could also be where somebody has generated a PGP key for themselves, again, from one of these home systems with a poor generator, then install that public key in one of the directories. So there are a couple different places where the keys could come from. At least the sources that I have been looking at, some of the analyses that have been online, indicate that really high security keys ones that are very important to large enterprises were not among the ones that were found to have uh, deficient keys. And you're not aware of any organizations that are 
high-end organizations that would use the ones that were described in the paper. That's correct. Is this much ado about nothing, or is there some worthy discussion here? Oh, I think there's some worthy things to get out of this. One of the big problems with encryption is the whole aspect of key generation and management. And that has been the case for a very long time. We are able to develop and use algorithms that are effectively unbreakable given current technology. But unless we're able to generate truly random keys and keep them appropriately safe from prying eyes, then it doesn't matter how strong the algorithms really are. This is an example of the problem with generating a good key and having enough randomness to generate a key that can't be easily broken or doesn't possibly provide some benefit to an attacker. And we've seen this kind of problem before. There have been a number of systems that, going back in time, the generation of a key didn't use enough entropy, didn't use enough randomness, and resulted in keys that were more trivially broken. I myself, with a couple of my students, found a problem with the Kerberos 4 key generation scheme about 15 years ago that was really very similar to this same idea. Does this research suggest that even tried and true IT security practices must be questioned and tested periodically? Even RSA's response says, although it didn't agree with the conclusions and they sort of agree with what you said, they like the idea that people are spending time looking into things like this. I think it's very important. It is very easy to make assumptions about how the underlying technology works or is supposed to work. We've seen time and time again where those assumptions are incorrect, possibly because whoever was uh, developing the code misunderstood or didn't, didn't understand these issues. And so it is important that we regularly verify our assumptions, verify that the systems we're using really work the way that they're supposed to work. And furthermore, to understand that over time, because this is still a developing field, our technology gets better, our computers get faster, we have greater memory reach, and we understand some issues of algorithms better. So assumptions that were made in the past may not hold true in a future environment. So that's another reason to go back and test things. Thanks, Baff. You're welcome. I've been speaking with Eugene Spafford of Purdue University Center for Education and Research and Information Assurance and Security for Information Security Media Group. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.